So let's just pray before we look at Isaiah chapter 9. Let's pray together. Lord, you alone are worthy. And we want to give you all the glory uh, tonight. Uh, we want it to be all about you. And we pray, Lord, that as we take time to read this passage and to study it and to then apply it to our own lives, we pray that in the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to us, that you would speak through me, and that you would speak uh, to each one of us in a very clear way so that we choose to then live for you from this place. So would you bless this time? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verses 1 to 7. Um, the words are going to be up on the screen uh, as well. So I'm reading from the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Um, so we read these words in the book of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah says, Nevertheless, the gloom of a distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honour to the way of the sea, to the land east of the Jordan and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoiced at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word uh, tonight. Uh, so, at Christmas time, uh, it's safe to say over the last uh, couple of years, uh, I found myself in situations where it's just became a bit too much uh, for people. Um, I remember last year, I had a, an experience where um, I was driving through the shopping uh, in my car, trying to find a parking space, uh, and this guy decided to reverse towards our car for no reason whatsoever. There wasn't any obvious space. He just decided to reverse. Um, and we had no idea what he was doing. He was getting closer and closer, and just like any courteous driver, I beat my horn just to make him aware that I was there. Um, and he was not happy about this. He, I mentioned this, as I said before. He got out his car, and he was actually ready for a fight. He was just kind of square-goed me in the parking lot, uh, ready just to, to pick a fight. And although this is a season of giving, I decided in this instance to decline this generous invitation um, because he was a lot bigger than me um, and instead I decided just to reverse away uh, from that. And I'm describing this year as the battle of the grannies. Uh, Pauline and I were last week with the Odoms at the Christmas market uh, in Glasgow Argyle Street and as I'm in the middle of my purchase of some caramel shortcake which was a very special moment for me 
uh, this lady who was serving me stops what she's doing. She's supposed to get my change. She just kind of lost focus and just kind of looked beyond me. Uh, and we suddenly just heard a bit of commotion. And there was these two grannies, these, I don't know if they're grannies, but two old ladies who were basically square going each other. Uh, and it was quite interesting to see. Like, everyone kind of stopped what we were doing. Uh, and everyone was just watching them, wondering what on earth is going on here. And, and it got pretty serious. Um, they were calling each other all kinds of different names. They were borderline getting physically aggressive with each other. Uh, and so cue everyone just waiting to see what was going to happen next. But it all just kind of calmed down a bit. Um, it turned out, we reckon, from our assessment of the situation, it, one of the ladies bumped into another lady and then it just caused this big fracas. Uh, so Glasgow's known as one of the friendly, friendliest cities in Europe, but it does have its moments from time to time. There's just instances where it all kind of kicks off. Uh, and that was one of those moments. Now, I did find this moment last week highly ironic because this is a season of goodwill, the season uh, of joy and peace and celebration. Our society is always bigging up Christmas. It's always promoting Christmas and it's calling us just to have this great time, this tremendous celebration. And yet, from time to time, our brokenness just creeps in. There's just these little moments where we get too stressed or we're too busy we feel too overwhelmed, and as I said, it all does just kick off. Uh, and we start to just experience an overflow of emotions, uh, and it results often uh, in conflict. Uh, the other thing I found highly ironic was the fact that these women chose to verbally bash each other. I mean, it was proper schoolyard. Um, it was, you're, you're this, uh, you're a so-and-so. I'm not going to share any of these words. I will, you're just a big so-and-so. <laughs> They were, in effect, just giving each other names. They were calling each other names with a desire to put the other person down. And this little moment just reminded me of the fact that what I witnessed, in many regards, is the opposite uh, of the gospel. Because we're given names from God. Uh, and these names are given to us through his word in order that we might be built up. So instead of being pulled down, God gives us names to build us up, to strengthen us, to encourage us. God says that when we come to a living faith in Jesus, we become children of God. So that's a name that we can hold on to. John chapter 1 verse 12. God says that when he, through the Holy Spirit, does a work in us, we become new creations. 2 Corinthians 5, 12, 17. Uh, God, through his word, says that to know Jesus and to live for him means that we are saints. Romans chapter 1, 7. And again, God, through his word, says that when you become a Jesus follower... You are more than a conqueror. Romans chapter 8, 37. So each of these names is a reflection of a deeper spiritual truth. They all point to something of what God does in our lives when we choose to put our faith and trust in him. And it's not just each one of us who are given names. God the Son, Jesus himself, is also given names throughout the Bible. God the Father, through God the Holy Spirit, names God the Son. Uh, When we read them, These are names that we should cherish. These are names that we should treasure. These are names that we should really value within our lives. And so I would encourage you just to look at the names of God throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and just to see something of who God is and also something of the difference that he can make uh, to each one of us. Just as a wee kind of interlude, uh, as we celebrate Christmas, how much of our time during this 
this time of, of remembrance and rejoicing, how much of that time is spent meditating upon the Word of God? You know, to meditate on God's Word is to let God's Word marinate, to let it dwell in you richly. If you were to create a graph of the different activities you have over the Christmas season, how much of that bar would be relating to your time spent in the Word of God? So I say that first and foremost to myself, because it's a constant challenge. Christmas is so busy, there are so many things that we find ourselves doing, but how much time do we spend opening up ourselves up to what God's Word says? So I'm not saying any of this to guilt any one of us. I'm simply saying this because Jesus is amazing. It's as simple as that. Jesus is amazing. And we know that Jesus is amazing because of what we read in God's Word, and especially what we see in our passage in Isaiah chapter 9. In verse 6, this verse points us to some of the names that are given to Jesus. And these names elevate him. They, they strengthen our faith. When we come to terms with what these names are all about, then we have a deeper faith in him. So let's just take a moment to look at Isaiah chapter 9. In verse 6, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So let's just for a moment look at the last name first. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. You know, I wonder tonight if anyone is facing, is experiencing real turmoil, a real lack of peace in your heart and in your mind. Hold on to this verse. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the author of all peace. And he is the one who promises to give us peace in our time of need. You want to experience peace in your life, then I would invite you to be connected to Jesus. You know, many people here can testify to this peace. In the midst of hardship and trial, they know this peace that passes all understanding. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah also writes that Jesus is our eternal Father. So Isaiah here is not confusing the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, with the first person of the Trinity? No, instead, what we read here is, as Sam Storms writes, a descriptive analogy pointing to Christ's character. He is father-like in his treatment of us. So Jesus really does care uh, for each one of us. He wants to be with us, and he wants to bless us, and he wants to lead us. And Isaiah also describes Jesus as mighty God. He is the almighty God. So just get your head around that as we think of the Christmas story. This baby that was born, most likely born, covered in blood and mud, was, was, and he is mighty. He is the Almighty. You know, as I was preparing for this message, I was just trying to to work out how can I convey just how incredible Jesus is. Because I could spend a long time just explaining and unpacking how mighty and incredible and authoritative Christ is. But the reality is, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it justice. I can only point you to scripture and to other passages, but really explain and unpack who Christ is. And so we see in Revelation chapter 1 and verses 7 to 8, and also in verses 12 to 16, we get a glimpse of who this Jesus is. And it will be up on the screen. So just take a moment to, to recognise and to see just how great and mighty and awesome Jesus really is. This baby that was born in a manger is also all-powerful. He is the one who sustains all of life. 
So we read in verse 7 in Revelation 1, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Then John writes in verses 12 to 16, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. So there is so much imagery to what we read in this passage, but it shows us just how other Jesus is, how much greater he is compared to each one of us. So there should be no doubt from what we read that Jesus is a mighty God. And finally, the first description, Jesus is a wonderful counsellor. Now the word wonderful uh, in Hebrew uh, is the word pela. So can we all say pela? can be louder. Come on, let's go. Pela. So wonderful in Hebrew. Uh, And this word is more than just the English definition of the word wonderful. When we think of wonderful, we often think of delightful. Or pleasing. But this word in the Hebrew also means miraculous. So we worship Jesus, who is the miracle working God. We can confidently say that Jesus is a miracle working counsellor. And this word counsellor isn't how we understand counsellor today. Often with counselling, it's just one person speaking to a counsellor for 45 minutes, an hour, and the counsellor just receives and listens. But God as counsellor is God hearing our prayers and it is God pouring his wisdom into our life. And it's not just a small amount of wisdom, it's an abundance of wisdom. We hear the the phrase wonderful counsellor and we assume we understand it. We think, okay, wonderful, I get what that means. Yeah, understand the word wonderful. Counsellor, yep, I understand this. I get get what it means. But have we ever thought of this term, wonderful counsellor, as Jesus the one who transforms us, the miracle-working God, and Jesus, the one who makes us into wise and God-fearing men and women, the one who changes us so that we put God first in our lives. So Jesus really is concerned about who you are, and he really is concerned about what decisions you make in your life. Jesus wants you to pursue the unseen over the seen, He wants you to pursue the fear of God instead of a fear of man. Jesus wants you to to trust in him rather than leaning on your own understanding. God, through his son, has revealed who he is. He is our wonderful counsellor. He is our mighty God. He is our eternal father. He is our prince of peace. So do these names of Jesus encourage your heart tonight. As you hear of, of who Jesus is through these descriptions... Do they build you up? Do they bring you to a place where you know God in a deeper way? Do they change you so that you live your life differently? If you're still in doubt about the goodness of God in your life, let me share this quote from Beth Moore that relates to all that we've looked at tonight. 
So Beth Moore says, I just want to say this about Jesus. There is no end to his goodness. No bottom to the well. You can't wear him out. He's not running low. He's not in a bad mood because it's you again. No, instead, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. John 1.16 So my challenge, how are you going to respond to Jesus tonight? How are you going to respond to him during this Christmas season? How are you going to respond to Jesus in the rest of your life? As we sing the next two carols, there's opportunity for you to respond. If you have faith in Christ tonight, then I would invite you to come to the table and to take the bread and to remember Christ's body. To break that bread and to remember his sacrifice for you. And as you take that bread, we would encourage you to then dip it into the cup and to remember Christ's blood that was shed for each one of us. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so Christmas is really an arrow that points towards Easter. It directs us towards the cross and it helps us to see why Jesus came and the difference that he can make to each one of us. So let me pray and then we're going to respond in a time of worship. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for the gift of Christmas and we thank you, Lord, that we can come together and that we can remember all that you have done for us. And we pray, Lord, that you would use this time to really change us, that we would just go back to this passage and remind ourselves that you are the God who has been named and these names point towards the difference that you can make and the transformation that can take place in our hearts and minds. And so we pray for abundant blessing upon each one of us. We pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and that we would experience grace upon grace upon grace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.